Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. You're in for a treat this week because I'm delighted to be joined by Nick Williams. And before we get into the conversation, let me give you a little bit of background on on Nick. Uh, Nick Williams is a gifted speaker and coach, and he's the author of an incredible 19 books. He spent decades working with people in the realm of leadership, from BAFTA and Golden Globe winning producers, Olympian CEOs and other industry leaders. Nick supports and encourages his clients to unearth their hard-won wisdom, so in turn they can inspire their audiences and help their people access their own greatness. As I said, he's written several books. His first one, his best-selling book, uh, The Work We Were Born to Do, was first published over 20 years ago, and it's helped tens of thousands of people across the world to discover their calling and find fulfillment in their work. 18 books have followed, including, I have to say, some of my all-time favorite personal development books, including Unconditional Success, Powerful Beyond Measure, and Resisting the Soul. Uh, For over 30 years, Nick has produced a rich body of work, including hundreds of articles, interviews, videos, masterclasses, not to mention the insights and tips he shares on social media. He's spoken to audiences in 17 countries and has worked with many household name companies, including the BBC, Johnson & Johnson, MasterCard and McKinsey, to name just a few. And if that doesn't sound like enough, he also led the Alternatives programme in Piccadilly in London for four years and was involved for over 20 years hosting a who's who of thought leaders, including Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Marion Williamson, Eckhart Tolle, Neil Donald Walsh, Julia Cameron and Byron Katie. That's quite a lineup. So, Nick, it's, I'm so delighted and honoured that you're joining me today, live from your, from your home in London. Yeah, live from London. Bless you. Uh, thank you. That was a lovely introduction. Um, I feel like I've got a lot to live up to. Now. Be good, haven't I? <laughs> and uh, and every word of it true, um, for sure. It's um, it's interesting. When I was doing my little prep for our chat today, I was thinking, my goodness, where do we start? You know, we've known each other for. It must be 15, 16 years, and we could probably mm-hmm. chat all day on a number of topics. Um, but I, I have to say, when I think of you uh, and your work, you know, words like inspiration and leadership come to mind. And of course, for me personally, I, you know, I see you as an inspirational leader. But I know, I know at the moment, one of the terms that you're referencing a lot in your work, Nick, is, is thought leadership. So maybe tell us a little bit about that. Mm. Well, I, I'm, yeah, so I, I, I want more and I help more to exist of, of what I would call inspired leadership. And for me, mm. that's the kind of leadership where people don't want to control each other and, and keep each other in their place, but people that, that kind of want to liberate the talent of the people around them. Yes. Sadly, you know, in my, in my experience, there aren't many leaders like that, you know, and, and I want more to exist because I think that's what the world needs, you know, that we need more people that want to liberate our talent, not keep us in our box. So I've been doing that for a couple of decades now. And, mm. and you know, increasingly, I find I, I found over the years people coming to me saying, well, you've written a couple of books. I've got an idea for a book. Could you give me a few tips and, and stuff like that? And increasingly, I realized that I have a passion 
for passing on our lived experience. I think that's mm. the way, best way of saying it. You know, it suddenly dawned on me a few years ago. I think I was listening to something by Ram Dass. Oh, yes. Um, who's the spiritual teacher. And he said something like, you know, my life has been about pioneering. And then I kind of write postcards from each experience and, and let people know that it's not as scary as they think it's going to be. Mm. I just thought, well, that's kind of how I've lived my life, really. You know, I I was went on a journey to discover what I was born to do and discovered it and then wrote a book called The Work We Were Born to Do. And, mm. and I've, I've written another 18 postcards since then, <laughs> as well as lots of other stuff. So I, I think in a lot of people, there is a, de- a, a desire once they've kind of overcome a problem or once they've learned something or they've made their own life better in some way to somehow go, gosh, I'd really love to help other people with the things that I've struggled with. And yeah. and that's what I mean by thought leadership. But mm-hmm. another word for it could be guidance. You know, you yes. just want to help guide other people. You just want to help inspire them. So that, yeah. that's what I mean by this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's it, sometimes it's a phrase that I use as well. You know, it, it's leadership, but you don't have to be in charge of a team or be mm. a manager. It's really self leadership we're talking about here. And of course the modern phrase for that as well is, is authentic leadership, mm. um, which is, um, which is a real growth area at the minute, of course. Yeah. No, I love what you're saying because, yes, I, I see it that way that I do coach a lot of people that do have, if you like, positions of yes. leadership. They, they are responsible for, for running organizations or projects. Um, but then, as you say, there's, there's, there's people that want to offer leadership who don't have a position of leadership. Yeah. Um, you know, and from, from my first book, you know, I'm very passionate about this. You know, I, I would say it's a calling to pass on what they've learned. Yeah. So that, that's the whole idea of thought leadership is, you know, I, I know, and as you have, and as so many of us have, you know, I, I know I've touched thousands of people across the planet, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't have a position of leadership. Nobody's given me a job description to do it. There's just something inside me that has never kind of stopped burning that says, you know, just share whatever you can because yeah. it might help somebody, you know, yeah. and, and just show up and do it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because I would always – how would I say it? I would always believe that we're hotwired as people individually and as a species to grow and evolve. Mm. Um, it's in our DNA. But I never thought of it, Nick, that maybe in our DNA somewhere as well is the ability to pass on the knowledge, the experience, the wisdom, the aha moments that mm. we picked up to be of benefit to others. But it's sort of it, it sort of makes complete sense now that you say it because you know it's 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 all humanity. It's it's putting out a hand to someone else. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and to me, I, you know, I'd call it a kind of generosity of spirit. Really, yeah. it's my, you know, my natural response is whenever I've I've figured something out for myself or I've overcome some challenge yeah. or some pain that I've experienced, I, I kind of want to share what I've learned because yes. I know there are <laughs> there are hundreds of other people that. That could do with that just yes. as i have benefited from the wisdom of so many that have gone before me it's like yeah. you know it's a beautiful tapestry you know i yeah. i wouldn't be where i am today without so many of the people i met through alternatives you know two or three decades ago yeah so i feel like i'm i've kind of picked up the mantle because a few of them have passed on now and some of them are still around yeah but it's like what if we all what if we all passed on what we'd learned? You know, wouldn't it be an amazing world where we all wanted to help each other? I think that's the kind of yeah. you know world I want to live in, and I'm helping to create is a, a world where we help each other. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're on the same page. And I love what you were saying earlier there about, you know, that word pioneer. You know, I think of Mm. people heading across the prairies with their horse and wagon Mm. um, to to plot new ground, as it were. But it's, um, or, or sometimes I might use the phrase cutting edge, you know where the mm. where the new learning is, where the inspiration is, and 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 maybe the other side of the point that you're mentioning as well, Nick, is yes to pass it on to others. But I'm sure you'd agree with this one. I know it's true for me that sometimes I only really recognize what it is I know when I'm passing it on to someone else. Mm. Yeah, well, I love the idea that the best way to know what you know is to teach it to other people. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And, you know, and what I've realized, you know, both personally in my journey and professionally over the last, you know, few years is there are a number of obstacles, you know, from, if you like, our lived experience Mm -hmm. to, if you like, valuable wisdom that we can pass on. You know, some some people never do it. Some people do it as a kind of, you know, I, I don't mean it in any derogatory way, really. It's like, I call it a stream of consciousness. It's yes. just like, well, I'll just tell you everything I know and hopefully it'll be helpful and pick out a few bits. Um, and I think what I've developed because I've been doing this for two or three decades now is almost like there's a process to go through right. from, you know, the, the image that I use is, you know, our lived experience is the raw material of wisdom that mm. we can pass on. Mm. But we have to refine that raw material to get the golden nuggets out of it. It's like, you know, our experience is, is tons of gold ore, you know, but out of that may only drop a few kilograms of golden nuggets. Yes. You know, yes. How do we get from all this lived experience to realizing the real valuable bits that we can then package and pass on, if you like? Yeah. Yeah. I love that analogy because sometimes I'll use the phrase myself around like gems of wisdom. Um, mm. And I love that sifting and discerning and giving yeah. it a good shake, sort of panning for gold after we get out, get out of the horse and trap, haven't having done the pioneering work. Yeah, <laughs> because <But laughs> I, yeah, I think one of the things that I, you know, let, let me share a couple of things where I think may, people listening may kind of recognize themselves. I think yes. one thing is we often we once we've been doing something for a while whether that's for years or even decades sometimes mm. we kind of get to a point where we go god this is so damn obvious mm. I, I can't understand that nobody that everybody can't see this for themselves yeah uh, you know and I, I've, I've worked with people that have done something for two decades and i kind of go blimey that's incredible wisdom you've got there and they go no nah, it's no big deal you know anybody that had done what i've done would know this yeah i'm going yeah but not everybody has done what you've done remember you know and i get people to kind of cast their minds back to say two decades ago and mm-hmm. say well where were you then in relation to where you are now and what would it have been useful for you to know because I think once we've accumulated some experience, we forget what it was like not to have that experience. And yeah. we find it hard to put ourselves back into that kind of beginner's mindset of go, look, not everybody knows the things that you know. So that's one of the things I love helping people do is really see that not everybody knows what they know. Yeah. But, but that, I've got a lovely, love that. Yeah, I just, it pops into my mind, Nick, on that one. You know, the way you've got the different levels of learning and you have unconscious, mm-hmm. you have unconscious mm-hmm. incompetence. So you don't know what it is you don't know. But almost with that one, it's like we, 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 we're always looking forward and maybe are aware of our own gaps and our own knowledge, but we rarely look back 
to to the to the lower rungs of the the the, the learning curve, as it were. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, yeah, that's that's a really interesting point, and I've not yeah. thought of it that way before. And thank you, you know, because you just touched on it, but I think you've touched on something even bigger than you probably realised, which is, you know, I, I think I've come to to actually, you know, use this when I'm talking to people is, you know, you you know stuff because you've been doing it for years. Yeah. But the challenge for you is you don't really know what it is that you know because yeah. you, you are unconsciously competent in doing yeah. it. You just yeah. do it. Yeah. So part of the journey that I help people go on is to become more conscious, if you like, of their competence. Yeah, it's a bit like the into their awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like the analogy of say, um, you know, if someone's a good baker, you know, they just bake mm. the cake. I'm used to baking the cake. I can be doing anything mm. and baking the cake. Um, and of course, anyone who's been baking this cake as long as I have will know how to bake the cake. Yeah. But it's like if you know to teach someone else, it's breaking it down into its component parts and the, and yeah. the recipe for it, as it were. Yeah. yeah. And that- and that's why, you know, I am a believer, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but just because you've been really good at doing something and just because you've been successful, for example, doesn't mean you're going to be a good teacher. No. Because you, <laughs> you, you, you haven't necessarily done, and, you know, it's something that we can all do, I think, but you haven't necessarily done that reflection yeah. to figure out what's the, the kind of conscious competences that you've developed yes. that have been unconscious to you. But yes. then the other thing, if I can tell a quick story, you know, sure. I, still like, I still giggle when I tell this story, but it's true. There's a guy, I used to run a lot of live events in London. I don't do it anymore, but mm. I used to run a lot of live events. And there was a guy who I'd known for years and, you know, we'd always have a chat and we'd get on well. And, you know, he enrolled on a program that I did and mm-hmm. I knew he was a filmmaker. And right. part of the program that, that I ran was that we had an hour's one-to-one coaching. And uh, so we kind of booked to have our first conversation in the one-to-one coaching. So I rang him up and he was sitting somewhere outside Oxford near where he lives. And he doesn't mind me saying this because I've talked to him about it. (laughs) Um, And I said, Clinton, I know you're a filmmaker and I know you're passionate about making films, but tell me why it is that you love making films. I don't really quite understand that. I've never got to understand it. Mm -hmm. So we just talked for five minutes and I made a few notes And then I just read back to him what I wrote down. Uh, So I said to him, you know, what I understand is you love this and you love that. You do it because of this and you do it because of that. And as I finished, there was this kind of awkward silence. And he said to me, did I just say that? Mm. And we both had a good laugh because he, he, it wasn't until I gave him his words back that he could see himself more clearly. Wow. Um, and I think we all, you know, I was going to say suffer from that, but I think we all experience that to some extent is we don't even hear what we are saying. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people are a lot wiser than they realize they are, if that makes sense. Yeah. But nobody, nobody's ever kind of held a mirror up and go, do you realize what you just said? That was really inspiring. That was really powerful. That was yeah. really wise. And they go, really? What was it? Oh, I just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... Um... Yeah, that is fascinating. And I can completely relate to it as well. Um, I know last week on the podcast, I was joined by uh, Shirley O'Neill. And uh, I've known Shirley for a few years and um, she does many things. But currently she's a lecturer with UCD. 
on cha- in the area of change and performance management. And I know she listens in every week, so she's she's probably blushing at her at the reference of her name here. Mm. But in in the in in the lead up to our chat last week, we were just having a general conversation, and uh, we were chatting about um, how how many people um, don't recognise their worth. Um, mm. And it often takes other people to see it before they can recognize it themselves and even mm. then maybe struggle to to fully acknowledge it. And, and as we were chatting, though, I was I was offering one or two of my own ideas in that area. And I realized that, um, you know, what I was coming up with here was fairly good content. And, and it took Shirley to reflect it back to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> sort of say, There's a few little gems in there, James, um, which I've now taken and will appear in a blog or something else down the, down the road. Because I do think it's that synergy of conversation between people, whether it's coach or client or just between friends who have a level of awareness that you... Mm-hmm. That, that stuff is voiced and it's out of your head and then you can recognize it. Um, yeah. A, tr- a true sounding board almost, Nick. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it, it, I, I love what you're saying about kind of value and worth because I, I think, again, one of the stumbling blocks that I see many people have is that they find it hard to think of themselves as wise. You know, yeah. wisdom, wisdom is something that other people have. It's not something yes. that I could have. And I, uh, and, and I could just tie it in for a moment with the whole idea of, you know, thought leadership or guidance versus expertise. Right. Because I think mm-hmm. I think we often think if we are going to offer thought leadership, we also have to be the expert on the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we have to be the expert because I'm not sure these days there are any absolute mm-hmm. experts mm-hmm. on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the kind of thing I've I've come to be at peace with is like we all have relative expertise right we all have expertise relative to the people that we want to to help or contribute to Mm. so you may not know the most but relative to the people you want to help you know something you know I've been doing just doing a bit of kind of pro bono coaching for the last few months with a guy I got to know through something called the Mankind Project and he's 25 and right you know, he's getting over, you know, addictions and stuff like that. So I'm supporting him on it. But he's already started helping his younger friends uh, with what he's learned. And and to me, it just so warmed my heart to say, look, I know you're only 25 and you think, you know, I'm 62 and I'm a lot older mm-hmm. and wiser than you. But there are people younger than you that would love to learn what you've learned about yeah. overcoming addictions. So it's all relative. You know, we can have relative expertise. We can have relative wisdom. Yeah, and and even if we don't call it wisdom, find a way of expressing that that you feel comfortable with. Because, again, I, I think we rob each other if we don't share what it is that we know. Um, um, yeah, it's 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 a great un, untapped resource. There was, mm. there was a phrase I came across recently, and I know Nick, you're you're prolific with the tips and the insights that you you share on social media. And actually, mm-hmm. while I think of it, we'll have to give people the the way of getting in, in touch with you. I know your 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 the mothership, as it were, is the is the website. Um, I am nickwilliams.com. Um, and of course, the the social media channels as well, particularly Facebook and LinkedIn. I think are your two. Yeah, main. LinkedIn. Am I right on that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I deal with people in in kind of business yes. now. I, I'm more on LinkedIn. Yeah, same with myself. But I know there's a lot of resources and materials and master classes and the books and everything that are in there. But I think it was only this week on uh, on one of your 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 posts. I think you shared a testimonial from from a client, and in it. 
the 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 client of yours had used the phrase you know where nick had helped had helped them identify and release their their brilliance Mm. Uh, their natural brilliance i think was the phrase uh, Mm. or natural leadership brilliance and i'm thinking there's a phrase if it jumped out at me and i'm noting it here it's like for all of us tuning in it's like oh gosh how how can i connect further with my own natural leadership Mm. brilliance anything yeah any little uh, suggestions there for tips or, or even say practical actions or exercises for people who want to, to go, to go mining for those little. Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, well, two, two things come to mind straight away. You know, number one is, you know, the way I think about brilliance is our brilliance is, you know, the words that I use is our brilliance came with our creation. Mm-hmm. It's not something we invent. It, it's kind of part of our software. It's, it's who we are. Okay. So it's it may be about skills, but it's more about, you know, I, I even use the word, you know, it's somehow we bring our light to a situation. Yeah. What is it that we we do well, but we just do it so naturally and so, you know, in a way lovingly and, yes. and generously that it, it's a gift to other people. So one is just to think of brilliance in a different way. So I think I think we often think we have to manufacture brilliance and go, yeah. oh God, how am I going to be brilliant? You know, what can I come up with today that's going to be, you know, that's going to knock the competition out yeah. of the water? And for me, it's not about doing that. It's just about, uh, the paradox for me is like, the more you become yourself, actually, the more brilliant, you're, the more your brilliance is likely to surface. Yeah. The, the more you take off your armour, the yeah. more your brilliance is likely to surface. So so that's just one point about how to look at that idea of brilliance. And, yeah. and I think I think it's hard, like I just described, you know, with that, that story about Clinton, it's hard to know our own brilliance. I think often we cannot see it ourselves. So one way is is to ask people, you know. Yeah. Um, I've got into the habit now of whenever I have a coaching conversation with somebody, I always finish the conversation by saying to me, by saying, can you just tell me two or three things that you found really valuable in this conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not doing that fishing for compliments, but I want to know how what I do has contributed to them. What yes. impact has it had? And that way I get to know myself a little bit more, if you like. Yeah. And I, and I think we can just downright ask people. You know, people that we know and that we trust and that we we think are going to clear mirrors for us, if we like, if you like, we can just ask them, when do yeah. you see when do you see me at being kind of at my best or at my most brilliant? And, and what am I doing? You know, just, can you just hold up a mirror so that I can see myself more clearly? Because uh, I think we often get frustrated thinking, well, I don't know what it is. But other people, yeah. they see it so clearly and they'll happily tell us. Yeah. We, if we don't ask, we won't know. <laughs> exactly. Ask and you shall receive. The, yeah. um, there's, there's so much in that, Nick. First, first of all, I love the going back to the root of the word brilliance, where it's to do with light, you know. Yeah. And that really resonates with me. I'm reminded of the of the inaugural poem for, for Joe Biden recently and that wonderful mm. poet, Amanda Gorman, and yeah, be brave amazing. enough to be your light. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and to me, she looked like she was radiating. Oh, she was, she was absolutely, reading that poet. Absolutely. It was to me, real, that would be a wonderful example of brilliance. Yeah. She yeah. was in her brilliance. And yeah. It was just, it, it seemed so natural. And so natural. And I think it, it, it's, it's, it's more, it's easier and it's effortless when 
when we're brave enough to, to, mm. to lower the defences, I think it should mm. as well, mm. um, which, which I think for many of us is a, is a journey. It's an in-process journey. Yeah, well, it's an undoing of all the suffering kind of struggle <laughs> stuff that we've uh, taken on board generally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, there, there's another phrase that pops into my mind, and I think... I think this is one of yours, Nick, because... If it's good, it's, I'll claim it. There, do you claim it anyway? <laughs> and it's one that's gone back a while. And I think if we... It's related to what we're saying, but it's also coming at it from an angle of, of creativity, where... Um, how would I say it? Um, the, you know, it, it's that question of, you know, what wants to exist in the world mm. through me. Mm. Yeah. So it's not just me trying to come up with the ideas or the, you know, the, the nuggets of wisdom to share. It's like something is trying to use me as a, as a vessel to communicate something. Mm. Um, that is one of yours, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I will take credit for that. <laughs> but but also, if I can say, because I love, I love it, yes, you know, and, and, and interestingly, you know, I've just launched, I think actually this week, I've just launched a kind of a free masterclass. So mm -hmm. anybody that can listen can go to my website and download it. It's a five-part masterclass, I've called it. Um, okay. And basically it is on that topic of like, right. well, what one what wants to exist in the world through you next? Mm. Because I find, you know, the people I work with, and obviously it's a bit self-selecting, but, you know, I work with people that are CEOs of companies yeah. and, you know, they're very, you know, immersed in the kind of real business world. They love that question because they, they do have a sense that they are the servant of something greater than their own personalities and their mm -hmm. own egos. And, and I certainly felt like that with the work we were born to do, that I was like a, I was a steward for that idea. Yeah. It wanted it wanted to exist in this world, and I kind of put my hand up and went, "Okay, I'll make that exist." Yeah. But I, I and I loved it, and I, it's one of the greatest privileges of my life was to kind of make that idea exist in this world. And then when I look back over the last twenty years, from the conversations I've had, the, the emails I've had from people all around the world that I've never met, mm -hmm. and I and I'm I am so clear that that idea was not just for me. Yeah. It, it wanted to exist for so many other people in the world, and I was the one that caused it to exist. Yeah. But, uh, but I think there's also a humility there, because I think it was a brilliant idea that I know that if I'm honest, you know, like we all are, if we're really honest, I wasn't the source of the idea. Mm. I was the conduit of the yes. idea. Yes. I, yes. I didn't have to come up with it. I tuned into it, if you mm. like, and said, and, and said, okay, if this wants to exist, I'll make it exist. Yeah. And it was, it was my privilege to make it exist, at least some of the time. Sometimes it was hard work and struggle, <laughs> but a lot of the time it was a, a real privilege. Like, yeah. Like, you know, I'm not a parent, but it was like becoming a parent. It was like giving birth. Yeah, I, I I can relate fully to that, and it's sort of relevant for me at the minute. Um, I know you've written nineteen books. I'm I'm way behind, Nick. I think it's five, six if we include the odd ebook. Um, but it's funny, and and I, like yourself, I I produce many articles, but for the first time in about five years, I've had the idea for another book that. Um, it's a follow-up to Finding Catherine, and I didn't think I would do a follow-up to that novel, but the, um, I can't shake it. Um, mm. And it reminds me of when that book was written a good few years ago now. Um, 
there, there's almost like the dialogue that keeps popping into my head and I keep mm. having to put notes into my phone and whatever. It's like, and that didn't exist for the last few years. But the way I'm, I'm viewing it now is like, well, maybe I'm, I'm on a frequency or a vibration where I'm able to receive certain promptings that want to, mm-hmm. that want to come into the world. And, 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 it's, and it's an evolution of what it is that I've done before. So I wouldn't have been ready to write it before. No, maybe you you you've had to ripen in some way to be yeah. ready for that. Yeah. yeah, and and you've probably heard of that idea. I think I've first first heard Wayne Dyer say it, but he said, you know, motivation is when you get hold of an idea, mm. and inspiration is when an idea gets hold of you. Yeah, and, and that's what I like is you know when a, when an idea gets hold of you and it won't let you go. Anywhere, okay? Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's peculiar because like it might be the same on a smaller level for an idea for a talk or a podcast episode mm-hmm. or whatever. But I I love I love the feeling of inspiration. I have to say mm-hmm. that sense of energy that goes with it and the the creativity that goes with it but of course on the flip side of that now I'm going to take you back a bit Nick and when I was looking through at my bookshelves here I I came across the War of Art book by Mm. uh, Stephen Pressfield Pressfield, and uh, the the writer the screen um, writer perhaps most famous for writing the the book and and then doing the movie of the legend of Bagger Vance and I think actually you had gifted me that book so it's it's uh, um, it has a special place uh, along with your other books on my bookshelf. Um, but of course, at the core of that book is the battling resistance um, mm. and inner lack of worthiness or fear of rejection, whatever way we frame it. And um, from your experience, and I know you've got a different view on this than perhaps many people do, but what's the role of resistance, Nick, as you would see it? You know, that fear of progressing with an idea and, and how do we learn to to deal with it uh, well brilliant question we could do a whole podcast just we probably could <laughs> um well you know th- i'm not saying this is the truth this is just my perspective yeah. so my my perspective is that we we are or we have a soul that wants to be creative and wants to bring gifts and ideas and leadership and all those good things and creativity into the world and then we also have a kind of ego mind as well mm. and our ego mind loves running the show our, our ego mind wants to be in control so every time there's a kind of creative impulse of our soul then our ego will somehow chime in and generate some fear around that and go brilliant idea but what if it fails what if you can't make any money out of it mm. what if people think you're stupid you know and all that kind of stuff so what's the role of it is a really good question because i, I think on one level It's purely an an inhibitor of Mm. creativity and leadership, if you like. You know, Mm. in a way, it doesn't serve any purpose other than to stop us. Mm. And, you know, the way I like to think of it, because at least it makes it more meaningful, is, well, maybe resistance is like when you go to the gym. It's how you build up the muscle. Yes. Um, So I know in a way that I by having to keep facing my own resistance again, again, and again, and again, I have built up the the kind of creative, spiritual leadership muscle in a way that if that resistance hadn't been there, maybe I never would have done. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I give it a meaning, which I'm not sure whether that meaning is true, but that's the meaning I kind of give it. But but I'm glad you've raised this because, yeah. you know, we, we mustn't underestimate. You know, I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day or email conversation with somebody I'd coached about writing a book, and giving talks. And, mm. and and I could see that. And she said it herself. She said, my resistance has got me. I'm, you know, it's, it's oh. just killing me at the moment. And I came up with this idea and maybe I will write an article about it. And it would be something like, you know, the great graveyard of resistance you know <laughs> how many how many brilliant books how yeah. many wonderful songs how many fantastic businesses have not been started because of our own resistance mm. um so that's why again i'm so passionate about that topic because i i want people's creativity to exist in the world mm. i want people's messages to be shared in the world mm. and, and often we just don't understand what resistance is when we see it as a stop sign yeah and and i see it really as a growth sign not a stop sign yeah yeah that's a lovely way of putting it i know sometimes i'll use the phrase myself there it's like i'm well i'm just going to have to dance with it today you know mm, give it a few yeah. turns around the floor because it ain't going anywhere um uh, and and maybe with experience um or a relative expertise to use that phrase of yours from earlier we sort of know our own patterns with it you know, so I know because I have this big idea that it's going to be balanced. Everything is yin and yang. The big idea mm. will be balanced with big resistance. And, mm. and sometimes it. if you can just label it for what it is, it's like, okay, you know, that's what it is. But I'm going yeah. to, I'm moving forward anyway. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard me talk about it, but I'm, I've, I've come to talk about inspiration and resistance as like a double act. You know, right. you, you buy inspiration and you get resistance free. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I buy one, get one free at the supermarket. Um, and it's almost like I, I think of inspiration as like the, the, the lightning bolt. It's like, you know, you, you are so excited, as you say, you love that feeling of inspiration. Yeah. But, but now I kind of know you know, the, the thunderclap of resistance is not going to be far behind, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and it's going to knock me for six. And and I'm just going to, I'm kind of sitting there waiting for the resistance to come and hit me from whatever <laughs> direction it's going to come. But I know it's going to happen. And like you said, you, you become more of a pro, you know, you become more seasoned around yeah. and you kind of go, I know this is going to happen. I'm going to yeah. see it when it's going to happen. Yeah. And I'll just plow my way through it and I will get to the other side. Yeah. Whereas the, whereas a more amateur kind of mindset or a beginner's mindset is more, well, when I've got rid of all my resistance, oh. then I'll begin. You know, good luck with that one. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. It reminds me of the, I think it's the Brené Brown quote, you know, and it's in a slightly different context, but I think it works here as well. Um, it's like, keep your, keep your shadow in front of you. Mm. Um, so you 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 see the the resistance or that negative voice in your head. It's like it's in front of you. It's not creeping up, going to to jump on your back. Mm, and, and, yeah. and 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 if we loop back to where we started with brilliance, it's like let me just lean into my light on this. Or where's my mm. light? So something to do with light and shadow was probably an extended analogy in there. Mm, the, yeah, um, yeah. Um, let me give uh, listeners your your contact details as well, Nick, because I know you'd mentioned there um, the, the masterclass and there's a lot of material that if what we're speaking about here is resonating with people that they can, mm. that they can follow up. So your website is IamNickWilliams.com. I keep thinking of will I am with, yeah. <laughs> with that is sort of the opposite way around. IamNickWilliams.com and of That's course it, your, yeah. your name as well on Facebook and LinkedIn. Gosh, yeah, so... 
yeah so yes um so and and i'm always happy to hear from people so please don't hesitate to drop me a line i always respond so yes nick, yes i am nickwilliams.com yeah yes you do and i will test i will give a testament to that i you probably can't remember where we connected initially nick but i'll give the story very quickly as we move towards uh, close and some wrap-up questions but i remember reading unconditional success back in 2002 i think it was 2002 2003 maybe and it was before I moved completely into setting up my own business and I was doing a coaching course and it was one of the books that was recommended reading and um, uh, and it's interesting because I, I've read Unconditional Success probably three or four times since as well. It's one that I keep going back to. And I've only just completed uh, another reading of it just before Christmas. And every time I get something different from it. But when I finished that book initially, your email address at the time was at the back of it. And I'm thinking, I got so much from this book. I'm going to drop you um, an email. And, um, uh, and I remember spending a little bit of time overcoming the resistance because who the hell was I to contact someone who had written such a wonderful book was going through my mind. And I spent time framing one or two sentences and uh, maybe a paragraph or two. And I sent the email and, would, and, and I did not expect to get a response back, I have to say. Um, uh, but I, I wanted, to, I wanted to, to, to let you know how much the book meant to me. And you responded very graciously within a day. It really surprised me. And I, I remember where I was. I was working in, in a financial services firm at the time and, and back popped the email. And I was chuffed that someone of your caliber had, had taken the time to respond to an email. Oh, and that's, that seems like a long time ago. And I kept that email for years. I never, I never deleted it. And uh, then it was with a web provider or whatever, and then they stopped and I thought I had cut and pasted it and I hadn't. And yeah. I was like, oh, no, I've lost it. Um, but of course, our friendship has replaced that, um, that email. So there's You've had uh, a few more emails from me since then. There's been a few more emails since then. And that's, that, that, was, the, that was the initial seed, though. Oh, how but, lovely. Yeah, yeah. that, was the, that yeah. was the story. Anyway, let's do a few quickfire um, questions to, to bring this wonderful chat to a, to a close. What's your most cherished possession, Nick? <laughs> well, I feel a bit sad saying this, but it's either going to be my laptop or my iPhone, I think. Um, no, you're not the first person to say their iPhone. <laughs> As a writer, you know, I love my laptop yeah. you know, and it's, it's precious to me. And yeah. um, I love the phone for communication yeah. and just the world that it connects me to. So, yeah, yeah one, one or both of those, I'll wrap them together. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I was speaking to someone recently about, say, you know, our parents or our grandparents' worlds. And, mm -hmm. and how we're currently living with those devices is probably like Star Trek to them. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, um, it's, it's unbelievable. And um, we spoke there about inspiration. So let me throw that straight back at you. What inspires you? What inspires you? Um, kind of love, healing that leads to love, I think. Um, um, have, have I got time for a quick story? Sure, yes. Have you, have you ever seen Queer Eye on uh, Netflix? Yes. 
Yes. Uh, there, there was one, I, I, I watched all 47 episodes. When <laughs> You've binged on them. I've yeah, only no, seen the know. odd one. I watched the original series, which I think was about 20 years ago. This one I haven't oh. seen to the same extent, but I'm very aware of it. Yeah. All right. And, but there was one episode, so I loved it. And there was one episode uh, really kind of had me in tears. And basically, you know, it, it, the, the five gay guys went in and did a makeover mm-hmm. for a Trump supporting policeman. Okay. The kind of thing <laughs> five gay guys going oh my God, home no. of a Trump supporting policeman would not yeah. be a recipe yeah. for happiness. But at the end of it, you know, the, the five guys were saying, you know, we had so much prejudice about you and, and yeah. you've turned out to be such a lovely guy. And this guy, you know, you know, a stand-up Republican yeah. is in tears going, I had the same, you know, <sighs> thing, I had the same prejudices about you and you guys are fantastic. Right. And I was crying and I just thought yeah. that is what inspires me is when we realize that we're all coming out of the same yeah. pot at the yeah. end of the day, that our, what, what makes us similar is so, so, much, more, so yeah. much more than what separates us. And that's, that's what inspires me is when we can see that clearly. Yeah, that's that is inspirational. And my goodness, does does America, does the world need that at the minute? Yeah, yeah. the polarization of it. And yeah, and uh, and you're so right. I think I I tweeted it or I did something, you know, in in the past around, you know, if if you're judging someone else for their judgments, you're still mm. judging them. It's yeah, still judgment, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, I must, I must, I must actually go and look at some of them because I'd say, yeah, I, I'd say, I would really enjoy them on a number of levels. Here's yeah. um, here's a question Dick, that I know is is a trickier one, but I'll throw it at you anyway. You know, what's something that at the time you labelled a setback or a failure, but with hindsight, actually turned out to be a blessing? Mm. Quite a few, but one that came to mind was. Um, when I was still in my 20s, you know, I was selling computers mm. and I hadn't started writing, I hadn't started my own business. And I went for a sales job in, in British Telecom, the right. company, and, and I thought it just sounded fantastic. It was going to be a great salary. It was going to be a step up. I'd be a somebody. And I didn't get it. And I remember okay. sitting in the car park afterwards, you know, having been told that I didn't get the job and I just cried and cried and mm. cried. And, uh, and now I look back and go, thank God I didn't get that job. It probably mm. would have killed me, you know, and maybe mm. I'd have, maybe I'd have been even more materially successful and then I would have never followed my own calling. We wouldn't yeah. be having this conversation today. So painful as it was not to get the thing that I thought that I wanted, um, I, I trust now looking back on it that some part of me went, this is not for you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not your calling. This is not your path. It's sliding doors and I yeah. mean, I'll have them or that great phrase. I'm not sure if it's an Oprah one or a Maya Angelou, um, you know, God has bigger dreams for you than you can dream mm. for yourself, which mm. is one that uh, that I turn to every so often, I have to say. Um, I know mm. like myself, your reading and learning and writing. Is there anything that you're currently reading or learning, Nick, that you're absorbed in? Yeah, um, well, a book that I've just finished reading is uh, Brené Brown, I think, latest book. It's been out a year or two, but mm. uh, Dare, Dare to Lead. Oh, yeah. You know, and I just so have been touched by her. You know, the, the phrase she used is, you know, un- unarmored leadership, you know, mm. leadership, which is about taking the armor off and just being mm. real and being a human being and talking about your emotions. And, and a book that I've, 
I've been stretching out because I don't want to finish reading it is the Book of Joy by the Dalai Lama and um, oh. Archbishop Desert Tutu. Right. You know, I started I started it about two months ago, and I'm I'm limiting myself to like a couple of pages <laughs> a day so that I don't finish it because I, I just love it, and I particularly love the ch- a chapter probably about three quarters of the way through where they're talking about how they see that you know they they almost gauge somebody's kind of spiritual maturity by how much fun they can have and how much laughter they can have and i kind of go wow that's a what a wonderful way of looking at spiritual maturity yeah when you when you can laugh at the pain and suffering of life not laugh at it but laugh with it and the stupidity of the stuff we get up to so yeah yeah Yeah. i must check that one yeah i think i've heard of that book the book of joy um but i i i don't really know too much about it so i must i must check that one out and, mm, and add to, it. To, to get or to, to to read pile but there's nothing better than having a book that you that you're savoring you know yeah rationing and savoring <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. last question nick if there was a motto or a favorite quote or words that guide or inspire you what might they be um I'll answer the question in a sec. About 20 years ago, I worked for a few years. I don't know if you ever met her. You probably didn't, but I worked with an American woman called Barbara Winter. And she I don't think I met her, but I, I know of her, certainly. Yeah, yeah. And she, she was a self-employment advocate, and we ended up becoming mates. You know, she yeah. lived in America, but we ended up running seminars together in the UK and uh, and in uh, Ireland, I think, and in, yeah. um, and in America together. And we came up with this thing because we, we were both kind of, you know, we both passionate and um, kind of adult educators if you like mm-hmm. um, and we said one of the, we came up with this expression we said one of the reasons we love working with adults who choose to learn is they are so willing so the expression we came up with was only work with the willing I've caused myself so much pain by trying to work with people that don't really want to change you know so so I now you know have a a fairly good kind of filtration process especially if I'm coaching somebody one-to-one yeah are they really willing to do the work are they really willing to change and it's not that they have to be but it's like it's just so much easier to work with people that are willing rather than trying to get people to become willing so yeah. that would be my phrase, only work with the willing. There you go. I, I love it. I've written it down. It's a reminder to myself as well. Um, um, I think I've come, I, I like that way of phrasing it. I think I've come across at the other side, which is something like, you know, some people are uncoachable. Uh, but only work with However, however good we are at coaching, they're yeah. still uncoachable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, Nick, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure and thank you for... for oh, your do we have time. to stop? We do have to stop. <laughs> thank you for your, your time and generosity. I think we've probably set a record for, uh, for length of podcast. And, um, but the time, the time has flown by for, for mm. me and there was so much so much to contemplate and reflect upon. And I know I'll be listening back over to it myself because like what we were saying earlier, I think if I hear it again, I'll get even more from it. Um, Mm. 
uh, when, 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 you know, there's the synergy and the flow of conversation and ascending board, as it were. But, but thank you. And let me, let me give um, your website again, because you've mentioned there the resources and the, uh, the masterclass that's available on it. And of course, all of your books as well. Um, I am nickwilliams.com. And I know that there's practically daily stuff that you're putting up on Facebook mm. in as well, much, little yeah. quotes and little videos. So, so plenty of resources. And I think at this time, when you know it is still so many uncertainties and challenges i think it's we, we have to sort of lean into positive mindset or, or or reach out for resources and and you've so many of them that i know are helping me personally and um and anyone else that you interact with too so well, so thank, thank you. you again nick well bless you and thank you for the privilege of doing it i, I still regard it as a privilege to be able to do it so bless you thank you very much and uh, yeah look forward to hearing in from anybody who'd like to make content yeah perfect thank you nick so there you go folks i hope you found that conversation with nick as inspiring as i did and and my heartfelt thanks to him again for see, for being so generous with his time and his wisdom and as I say, do check out his website, iamnickwilliams.com and connect with him on social media as well. Uh, and my thanks to you as ever for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let me know by posting a comment or giving this episode a review or maybe even referring it to a friend or a colleague who you think might find it useful. Uh, my intention with the podcast and indeed my wider work is to put some positive, uplifting, hopefully inspirational material out into what is a noisy world. Uh, as ever, I appreciate your support. Uh, more information about me, James Sweetman, and my work, as well as, as well as plenty of free resources and tip sheets are available on my website, jamesweetman.com. And of course, I'm on all of the main social media channels as well. Uh, so my thanks again to Nick and to you for tuning in and until next week.